0: like what's actually really going on which is like you know there's a pay gap between um men and women there's not enough women in stem fields there's um you know young girls in developing countries are forced into uh, child marriages so if it wasn't for her i would have never found this passion to really fight um for all women And welcome back to the Log LA Virtual Reality Podcast,
1: the weekly student-run show where we amplify student voice during virtual learning—or what has become our virtual reality. I am your co-host Abraham Flores,
0: and I am your other co-host Christine Latif.
1: We hope this podcast finds you well, and if it doesn't, that's okay too goal for the podcast is to amplify student voice and increase your sense of community and hopefully this podcast can do that for you.
0: In the first part of today's podcast we will cover the news and let you know on everything that's been going on this week.
1: In the second part of today's show we have a conversation with Yvonne Ortega, a high school senior passionate about female empowerment and advocacy at James Garfield High School. But first, the news. Los Angeles County has partnered with the app called Citizen, available on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. This partnership will help battle against the spread of COVID-19 by helping you track if you've been exposed to COVID by someone who has tested positive and will also allow you to find testing centers. The L.A. County supervisor said that the information being collected is keeping everyone's privacy safe by making everyone's identity anonymous. Now, here's some more information regarding COVID-19 from LAUSD. The district has officially completed a trial phase for its COVID testing program. There are now 42 effective testing sites for all LAUSD workers. The superintendent, Austin Butner wants to provide avenues for all staff and students to get tested, which will cost the district upwards of $200 million.
0: On September 18th, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away from pancreatic cancer. She was a feminist and defended a variety of gender-based cases, including the right to have a job without being discriminated against based on gender. Furthermore, she worked to eliminate gender-based stereotyping based on legislation and registration. May her memory be a blessing.
1: On a little bit of positive news... Thank you all so much for tuning in. This week was our first week that we kind of went public with Log in LA, and you've had such a good reaction and we're just so excited for what's to come both with this podcast but with the campaign in general. So stay tuned, be sure to subscribe and without any further ado, let's get on to our student interview with Yvonne Ortega. Yvonne Ortega is a 17-year-old Mexican-American youth activist from East L.A. at James Garfield High School. Some of her passions include female empowerment and the fight for gender equality, as well as the improvement of equitable access to people in the Black and Brown community. Additionally, she serves on the board at the Chicano-Latino Youth Leadership Project as the student president. She is also a teen advisor at the Girl Up campaign. And among many other things, she is a youth organizer at the organization fighting for justice in the education system at LA Students Deserve. She believes that education is the key to success. So how has quarantine affected her? Well, let's find out. Hi Yvonne, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Hi, uh, thank you so much for having me, first of all. Yeah, of course. So excited.
1: Well, we're super excited to have you on. Um, Yvonne, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: A little bit about myself. Okay. So I am a proud Mexican-American female leader. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up. I'm proud to be Mexican-American, and I'm especially proud to be a young woman um, because it's just so important to have a voice and to be a leader. That's just a little bit of myself. What,
1: are, what would you say are some fun facts about you?
0: Some fun facts about myself? Okay, uh, it's a little bit on the weird side. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, so I carry with me a little bottle of ketchup <laughs> because you just never know when you're going to need ketchup. So, I always carry that little glass bottle. Oh, it's a glass
1: my- bottle. It's like those fancy ones.
0: Yes, it's the glass bottle. I'm telling you, no, you just right, never know right. what you'll need. <laughs> oh, some ketchup. No, I
1: get that. Yeah. Speaking of trying new things, what's a new skill that you would say you picked up over quarantine?
0: A new skill I picked up over quarantine. Um, probably, maybe like not a new skill, but it's a skill that I enhanced. Um, I was always a good public speaker. Like I, of course I got nervous. Everybody gets nervous to speak in front of people, but it's something that I love to do. But over quarantine, um, since everything, you know, was virtual, um, there was a lot of speaking Mm -hmm. you had to do. I still even got nervous speaking to screens, but because I had to do it so much, I enhanced my my confidence in public speaking.
1: Hmm, totally know what you mean. And it's also kind of like ironic, like public speaking, right? but like you're alone <laughs> in the room. Would you say that it's less terrifying than like speaking in front of an actual crowd?
0: You know what, actually, I thought that speaking in front of all these little screens was a little more terrifying than speaking in front of crowds.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Um. I don't know, I just got so nervous when it came to speaking through screens, but because I guess um, I love to speak in front of crowds, it just kind of came to me naturally, and I mm. wasn't as nervous, but I have no idea why I got so nervous over a Zoom screen.
1: <laughs> uh, have you seen that TikTok that it's like this girl who was like ranting about her teacher, and then the teacher's like, uh, you know, your mic is on.
0: yes. Yeah, I have seen so many TikToks like that. And there was also a TikTok where it's like recorded audio of somebody's like audio that's failing. So it's like if a Mm -hmm. teacher calls on you and you don't want to speak, just play this audio. So... Yeah, I've I've (laughs) thought about it. So have I.
1: (laughs) You know, I totally get what you mean. It's very much like sometimes I just want to disconnect from school. But... How have you been connecting with your family?
0: I watched Coco with my family. My mom had never seen Coco because we bought like a screen projector. So we set that up outside and, um, I watched that with my parents. We watched, we had like a movie night, we had snacks, you know, if you've seen Coco, you know, Coco always makes me cry.
1: Oh, no, definitely. That's so great to hear that you're like connecting with your family. What are some ways that you've been connecting with your friends?
0: I have a lot of classes with my friends. So, you know, sometimes we'll just go on a FaceTime call to talk about homework, have a FaceTime call to not talk about homework and just talk about, you know, stuff that's going on. Um, What I really love about uh, my friends is that we can have these serious conversations about stuff that is going on, in the world and you know when we talk about this it's like crazy because we're both like 17 year olds um yet we're talking about these real life issues
1: yeah i love those conversations where or like those those people who you know that you can be talking about like those silly things like one moment but then like at a at a what's the phrase at a turn of a coin. That's not the phrase. That's definitely not the phrase, but (laughs) at the the turn of a coin, let's say, um, it's, they're just so willing to talk about like things that, you know, maybe a few years ago, uh, we, we wouldn't have been talking about. How do you think quarantine has been an, an agent for growth in you?
0: Well, I think because I'm home and I can't go anywhere, any time that I have free time, I'm usually like in YouTube. I just watch a bunch of videos on like they talk about it's just random videos that I find where it touches up on issues on like women's rights, on like slavery, um, all these issues like that have happened. And while I watch these videos, I'm informing myself on mm-hmm. what's happening. And I think that was something that happened throughout um, quarantine that I noticed that I really took this quarantine to really inform myself on what's going on in the world. And um, I found ways that I could help fight for justice. And it's still continuing.
1: How do you hope to connect during school this year?
0: Um, What I hope is that I don't I mean, I don't think this will happen just because, like, I love my friends and the friends that I have. So um, I know that we're, we're never going to lose the connection, even though we can't hang out physically. And, you know, they might have their own schedules. I have my own schedule, but um, we always check in with each other. And I hope that um, I know that's something that's going to happen throughout this distance learning that's going on. And that's something that I also want to do with teachers because um, I think in order for you to really like to learn a subject, like you really need to have a good Mm -hmm. connection with the teacher. Mm. And that's something that I hope that will continue um, throughout this semester and next semester if we continue to do social distancing learning.
1: How have you been kind of seeing that happen already?
0: Well, I really appreciate what some teachers are doing. Like they they um, take a class period to do something like a bonding activity. So they don't do like a, like a lesson. Um, what my math teacher just recently did was we had this cool activity where we had to talk about our names, how we got it, or if we had any funny stories with our name. And um, the whole class participated, she participated. And that's what I like to see teachers do when they take time out of their way to really connect with their class, especially during these times where we can't be with each other.
1: Mm. Yeah, they see you as a, as a a as a human that's right. also living along with them during this instead of just as a student. So kind of talking about school, uh, what are your plans for for next year? You're a senior. Um, what are What are your thoughts?
0: Man, it's scary. It feels like just yesterday I was a freshman, <laughs> um, right? Yeah. For real. <laughs> um I remember. Uh, as, uh, I remember freshman year, there was these seniors who told me, we're like, enjoy every single year of high school because it's going to go by really fast. And I'm like, they're lying. It's only, you know, high school is four years. <laughs> like, that's going to be such a long time. Right. But now looking back at it, they were right. Um, like, just mm-hmm. at a blink of an eye, we're seniors. And like exactly. And, right and it? like, we were just freshmen yesterday. But my plan is to go to the East Coast. That has always been my dream to just go study in the East Coast, be an independent woman. And I'm looking Mm. into majoring into political science.
1: Why specifically the East Coast?
0: Well, I think because the first time I ever visited um, a college in the East Coast, I just it felt so perfect. Like I just got that feeling of this is where I'm supposed to be.
1: As a person who loves like advocacy and leadership, do you see yourself taking on any roles over there on the East coast, specifically Washington DC?
0: You know, I've thought about that. Um, that if, you know, I, if I really want to fight for the rights of my people that I need to, um, be in this big position in the White House, you know, because ultimately they're the ones that are making decision for the whole U.S. But what I realized that I what I really want to do is. Um, work in my community. I really want to make a difference in my community. So that's where I want to come back. I want to come back to my community and I want to work with the youth in my Mm -hmm. community to empower them to also come back to their community to fight for the rights of their people.
1: And you know what, you're already showing like some signs of that uh, already. Like we kind of know each other from this program called the Chicano Latino Youth Leadership Project.
0: Yes, uh, shout out to C L Y L P
1: Yeah. So at the CLYLP, we learned a lot about the the Latino slash Chicano education pipeline and how even though we are starting to become the majority in California and especially in Los Angeles, that isn't being translated into the the college system, into the higher education system. Why I mean, this is kind of a huge question, but why do you think that is? And how do you think that we can make a change in there?
0: I, ju- I think what really plays a big part of it is that um, maybe we don't always have the most support from like or like support programs I think that's what it has to do because people who come from like these wealthy schools always have these great school programs that's like advocating for them to go to college and advocating for them to succeed. But I think because we don't have those funds for those programs like that, that, um, you know, it really does affect on why not as many Latinos are really encouraged to mm-hmm. to go to college. And, you know, most of the time, we have to help out our parents. So that plays a big role in us right. to why we can't go to college because our situation is just different from people who come from um, places that have funds for mm-hmm. this type of programs.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, I think I think a lot of it is probably that, I you're are you a first generation student?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, me too. And I think a lot of, maybe the reason is probably that. Yeah, now we're like starting to be the majority, but even then we're still kind of new. Like we need to we need to go and rebuild everything. Like we. We need to find out like what what line the, the the correct taxes are so that you don't commit tax fraud on the FAFSA. <laughs> like, you still we still need to figure all of that out. Um, and they're like our parents are. The thing I love about Latinos is that they're just so they're so hardworking. Like the culture is just about that. It's like work hard and get ahead in life. Um, I think just some sometimes though, like our parents kind of kind of maybe they, they forget about like actually living their life. They're just, my, my parents, I God, I love my parents, um, but they're just so preoccupied with their work that sometimes they forget that, you know, they also have their own life.
0: Um, yeah, but just to add a little bit onto that, I think at the end of the day, parents just really want their kids succeed with and you know shout out to the hispanic parents because Mm -hmm. you know they're out there um selling flowers um Mm -hmm. fruit vendors like because they just want a better future for their kids and Mm -hmm. they'll literally go through anything for their kids and i am so thankful for that because i know that's how my parents Mm -hmm. were and now I'm glad that they get to enjoy life because they really gave us everything to us.
1: Hmm. Do you think that your parents are a big reason of all of your work in, in advocacy and leadership?
0: Um, Actually, I think for advocacy, I would have to give this to my sister, Rocio. Uh, she hmm. was the one who sparked my um, passion for gender equality. So hmm. I, I would give this to her, but actually like the hardworking gene that I have definitely from my parents.
1: Yeah. Why do you, why do you say that your sister is the one who kind of empowered you to do that?
0: Because um, she uh, was the one who involved herself in this um, empowerment, female empowerment campaign um, called Girl Up, which is by the United Nations Foundation so she involved herself in it and if it wasn't for her i real i mean obviously i would have known that women are not represented as equally as men but she told me like she really interested me in like Like what's actually really going on, which is like, you know, there's a a pay gap between um, Mm. men and women. There's not enough women in um, STEM fields. There's, um, you know, young girls in developing countries are forced into uh, child marriages. So if it wasn't for her, I would have never found this passion to really fight um, for all women.
1: Mm. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the Girl Up uh, campaign, the Girl Up initiative?
0: Yes, it's uh, an organization. It's um, hmm. the United Nations Foundation Girl Up campaign.
1: So you, you're actually also a part of that. You're a an alumni and a, a student... Representative? <laughs> uh,
0: the term for it would be a teen advisor. So- Teen advisor. Uh, right, out of many applicants, only 25 girls are chosen to be teen advisors. And the teen advisors are really the heart of Grow Up and um, the heart of how to tackle um, fighting for gender equality.
1: Uh, what are some things that you would say that you've learned there that you don't think you can maybe learn in a classroom?
0: Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I probably would have not learned that my voice is my power. That it's, um, it's something that nobody can really take away from me, and that's something that I learned from growing up.
1: So Yvonne, a lot of your life has been uh, kind of realizing and and finding out that hey, we actually do have we do have power and. We should be proud of who we are. And you've been a part of multiple organizations, but one specific organization has become kind of uh, really well-known over the the summer. It's LA Students Deserve. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that and your work in that?
0: Yes, I do. So Students Deserve is a coalition of students, um, parents, educators, who um want to make Black Lives Matter at school and fight for the justice of um, students of color? Because so the reason why we formed was because in the school district that we are all under. Um, the LAUSD district, there are a lot of um, policies that are very criminalizing and inhumane towards mm. um, students of color. So that's why students deserve became a thing, because it's like, we need to advocate for ourselves, because if these board members are not going to advocate for us, then we're advocating for ourselves. So that's just uh, a little bit about what students deserve is.
1: Mm. What's the biggest challenge that you faced in that project?
0: Well, um, in order to answer what challenge it was, I, um, I'd have to, let me tell you a little bit about the campaign that we launched over the mm-hmm. summer. So um, we noticed that there had been a lot of incidents where LUSD school police were um, using pepper spray in mm. t- in students like they were pepper spraying students and it wasn't just any students it was black students who most of the mm. time were not doing any harm but these police officers abusing their power wouldn't go pepper spray them first of all their budget is 70 million dollars and that's mm. a lot of money for school police so we launched a youth-led campaign um To defund school police. So we had rallies outside of the LAUSD headquarters. We um, had surveys. We met with many of the board members. And um, the first time the board members discussed it, they didn't actually make any um, motion to defund school police. It wasn't until the second time that they agreed to defund school police by $25 million. And where that money should go, it's back into uh, Black students, um, back into more college counselors and more um, enrichment programs that support students. So that has been my most favorite memory with Students sister. Serve, that even though we are all youth, we just made this big difference in school.
1: When you go to college, What is the biggest contribution that you want to leave at your school?
0: Oh man, I haven't thought about this. I feel like I would want to leave saying that I was uh, a Latina woman who, who did it, who you know, was able to go to this school in the East coast and she made a difference. And not only was she, um, not only was she a woman, but she was Latina because, you know, Latina women mm. can do it too. That's what I would want to mm. do.
1: Mm, period. So <laughs> ooh, that's, that's, that's such a great way to end it. But just one more question. There's an obvious need of going and advocating and, making a change in this world what would you say is the first step in that anyone could take in actually going and making that difference
0: the first step would be to find your passion find what you are passionate for what you want to advocate for where you want to make a difference and once you find that passion everything will fall into place you'll find organizations that you can take a part of or you'll start your own organization and make a change in the world. But if, first of all, you need to find your passion. What are you passionate for? But also I would say that you're never too young and you're never <laughs> too old to um, finding your passion and start fighting for mm-hmm. uh, justice.
1: Be the change you want to see in the world.
0: Exactly. There's the quote.
1: (laughs) That's the quote. Awesome. That's
0: the quote. That's the quote. (laughs) But yeah,
1: it's been a pleasure having you on, Yvonne.
0: Well, thank you so much for um, having me here. And, you know, also shout out to CLYOP because that's how we connected. Mm,
1: Definitely. Well, I'm super excited to see what you have in store for us at the CLWP as student president, as well as in all the other things that you're a part of. I think you're a perfect example of really being the change that you want to see in the world. And even if it is through this kind of year 2020 and our virtual life, let's keep trying our best in this virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Yvonne. Thanks for coming. Bye. <laughs> Before we leave, remember to check out LoginLA.org. There is the central landing place for all things LA. And
0: subscribe now. New episodes every Sunday. We hope you will continue to join us on this journey throughout our virtual reality. See you in the next one.
1: LA, your virtual school community.